Welcome to the Leadership Zone. I'm your host, Sheila Walsh, Leadership Development Specialist, Coach and Researcher. Leadership work isn't therapy. So, and I say this because often people are like, are we doing therapy or coaching here? If something is getting in the way of your personal or professional evolution, awakening, experience, development, progress, then that's where you look for what personal development you need to do. It's not sending someone off to a personal development course for the crack. It's knowing that the thing that's getting in their way is where the personal development needs to happen. So I kind of have this belief. It's a bit like it's like pain in the body. You know, where pain shows up in the body is where you, you need to pay attention to trace back where it's rooted from. So when I work with a leader, if they're telling me they're getting stuck on relationship, then I might explore what their idea of a good relationship is. So that's where the personal development comes in. They're getting stuck on confidence. We'll have to explore like where they're getting stuck and why they're getting stuck. So yes, it's absolutely like, I think it's central, but it has to be appropriate for the challenges or limitations they're experiencing. It's not exploring it for the, just for the transformation of it or for the development. It's exploring it to ease the leadership needs or development that they're struggling with. So yes, it's there, but it has to be within the context of what they need, as opposed to just a kind of a navel gazing process yeah. or a therapeutic process, because I think they need it. It's not about that. It's actually has to be directly in relation to the thing that's holding them back. Sometimes the organization will say this leader needs work. And I do have a 360 review that happens sometimes before I bring somebody in that they have full access to the information and we go through it together. But what I will say is that once we're in that room, often the real reason for that issue that's being pointed out presents, and that can be a personal issue or could be a systemic issue in the organization. So yes, I take into account what the organization is saying or what the feedback from managers are, but I also know that that individual has a rationale for why that's happening and that's as important. So we have to work at it from that place, even with the information from others. And I just think that's good practice. Like I remember working with a leader. I, I worked with him for about two years and he said, do you know what? Come work with my team because he'd made such progress. Right? So he said, come work with my team. I'd love you to do some work with my team. They could do with it. So I went in and he wasn't in the room because I was doing work with the team and I was never going to cross the line of, of sharing. But I found out in that room that the work he'd done with me privately in coaching didn't transfer to his work at work. Even though he told me it did, even though his perception of it was, it didn't transfer because his team were having the same issues that he came to me about. And when I worked through it, I realized what happened was his perception of himself changed, but his behaviors hadn't. And I hadn't included the organization enough to measure that the changes were happening, whereas now I do. So now I'm very clear that for real progress, it's not just as the individual think they're progressing, it's how are they behaving in the system? And what kind of evidence do we have that that's happening? There's loads of ways to do it, but I don't just think the individual's perception is enough anymore mm -hmm. because it's not enough. Like, and I think that's where a lot of leadership development is losing out, is it tells leaders new information, sends them off into the world, and then the leaders have to do what they have to do the way they've always done it. And it, it's kind of causing this tension where people are saying to me, oh, you've been on a leadership course because I'm using new language or using a new approach. And I'm like, yeah, because you haven't integrated it into the way you work so they can tell, but also they may be pointing out that you're talking the talk, but not walking the walk. Mm. That kind of feedback from your team is information about you doing something. You know, because generally 
if you've made improvements and the team feel it, they're not pointing out in a snacky way. They're just glad that they have an improvement. And that can take a while to acknowledge. So I don't expect that feedback straight away. But generally, when teams see that they're going to benefit, they tend to be happy with the results to some degree. Mm. So if you're getting kind of that kind of snarky feedback, something's happening that isn't translating as clearly from what you're doing to what they're experiencing. Or there's enough water under the bridge that they don't trust you to actually uphold the progress. But again, without that feedback, we can't explore that. So you just think you're doing your best. The vulnerability is directly related to your conflict with accepting people experiencing you the way they experience you. I don't have control over how other people experience me, right? And what I have control over is the goodwill I bring, the intention, the adapting I do to be helpful in environments or to create connection. But people are always going to have a reaction to you. Like, that's okay. But you have to be able to filter that and know when the feedback is feedback for you to utilize and when the feedback is feedback about their experience of you which is filtered through their filter Mm -hmm. that's not always explained when we do these feedback cycles so for me feedback is really important but you need to know how to filter it to use it properly because if I had panicked about the arrogant feedback from one person out of 20 I could have suddenly stopped being confident when I first meet people to make people feel at ease with me but I realized that I would be playing into a role that that society gives me I'd be undervaluing the research and work that I do I'd be playing into some weird power dynamics by trying to be something I'm not for acceptance so if it's frustrating for people and it's getting in the way of my connection with them then I need to work on that but we have to be able to filter feedback to know when to take it and when not to a lot of people who don't want feedback won't take feedback So it doesn't matter that you get it. It doesn't matter if you put them through 360 reviews. If people have traits that are are so self-serving that everyone around them is just a pawn in them getting their needs met, well, then feedback won't matter no matter how honest you are, no matter how direct. They will pawn it off as something else. One of the things we have to think about around feedback is, am I scared of the feedback? Which is one thing. Or do I not want it, which is another thing. So people who don't want feedback, even putting them through 360 reviews like leaders, after doing reviews with them, it doesn't work because they have a reason for it. It's never them. They dismiss it as unimportant. Whereas people who are scared of feedback, which is a normal response when you're worried about what that's going to mean about you and your identity. First, they actually usually have to learn to filter it. Like I'm like, is that feedback because of the organization you're in? Is that feedback because of that relationship with that person? And then is that feedback because of your behavior? Like, is there a pattern? Have multiple people said it? So I do think feedback's important, but I think we now have a feedback culture which isn't critically thinking about feedback. And we need to critically think about feedback because some feedback is actually harmful. Some feedback is about putting you in your place, especially if you're a minority or, sorry, if you've experienced minoritization or marginalization, then you may have people giving you feedback, which is get back in your box. If you're somebody who doesn't take feedback, they may just lie to you and tell you good things. So sometimes I see that. And if you're somebody who wants feedback, but is nervous, you might have to learn how to read feedback properly. I'm like all about feedback culture. We're not thinking critically about the fact that all feedback comes from a person who unconsciously or consciously has an agenda as well. So you you have to look for patterns in feedback rather than individual feedback, because sometimes it's not helpful. There's actually a cultural piece has to happen. So embedding feedback 
doesn't necessarily make it safe for people. So one of the things like I've worked with people who've been very harmed by feedback culture because actually feedback culture was a, a defensive way. Let everyone say what they want, but no accountability. So if somebody had like a dig at you, they'd give it to you as feedback. Or if somebody was trying to take control of a department, they'd give you feedback that told you back off. When the feedback culture wasn't there, it was easier to spot it for what it was. So I think that to help an organization have a feedback culture, they first need to be able to to identify what's helpful and unhelpful feedback and also methods of feedback being safe. Teams are safe enough to give feedback in front of a group. Some teams aren't safe enough to give feedback in front of a group. And you need people who know how to critically think and measure that before they decide that every team should be doing it in front of everyone, because actually it it can create really unhealthy shaming experiences for people. And I've seen it do a lot of harm. So I do help people, but it's a very complex piece of work that needs people to understand that critical thinking involved. And also what might be the safest way to introduce a feedback culture that actually increases performance and isn't necessarily weaponized against Mm. employees or managers or, Mm. or leaders. Thank you for listening to The Leadership Zone. We can continue this conversation over on Twitter and my Twitter handle is at Sheila Walsh one or at LinkedIn, you'll find me under Sheila Walsh. To book a free consultation to discuss your leadership needs or the leadership development needs of your organization, simply visit my website www.sheilawalsh.com and book a free leadership consultation. I look forward to hearing from you.